The following audio is from Hope Hill Church. To learn more about Hope Hill Church, please visit hopehillchurch.org. Hey guys, I just I just need to come to you and just share some words of encouragement today. I know the last several weeks, uh, uh, things have been heavy. The uh, last several months, things have been heavy. But I want to come to you with a message of hope and encouragement today. Um, I've just been so... Uh, excited about some of the things I've been reading, some of the things I've been seeing, uh, coming out of the darkest of places. And you know what? That is just like our God, uh, to always shine brightest where it is darkest. And I'm going to take you into some scriptures today. I want you to see, uh, man, I'm ramped up. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm even having a hard time catching my breath as I just think about all that's going on that I want to share with you. Um, there are some rich, rich, deep truths throughout all of Scripture that, that show us that God is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. The love that He had for us that led Him to create us is the same love that He has for us now and that He has for our world. For God so loved the world, and He loves the world. He loves every, every single one of us that He made. Each of us are created in His image no one is better, and, and, and he hurts when we hurt. And he's hurting now. There are, there are people who are hurting, there are people who are struggling, and there are people who are hurting and struggling without hope. And, and that is our job, our role, as you're going to see in the scriptures that I'm going to just kind of share with you today as we go through a, a quick journey from, from the beginning of our scriptures until present day of seeing that God has been a God that has been pursuing a lost and broken people from the beginning of time. And, and, and he has a love for us. And so today, as you're watching, as you're tuning in, I hope that your heart is open to understand that there's a God that knows when you hurt. And there's a God that loves you, that does not want you to ever feel alone. He wants to pursue you. He wants to rescue you. And he's in the business of doing just that. God also invites us, you and I, simple, broken, fallen people, who, who think we might amount to nothing. God uses the, 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 the foolish to confound the wise. He often chooses the, the least likely to be chosen, the unexpected, to do his amazing work. And today I've got some stories to share with you about how God is doing just that. And again, some of the darkest of places. Yes, there has been, there has been darkness. There has been hopelessness. There's been tragic situations and storms, but you know what? God is in the presence of and in the middle of every storm. He is there with us. He promised that he would be with us always, even until the end of the age. And so I hope that as we look at some scriptures that you see with me and that you're encouraged that nothing can stop the mission of God. Nothing. No amount of, of pandemics. No amount of human tragedy, no amount of sin and shame. God's light is, is all-powerful and pierces through the darkest of all circumstances and situations. His love knows no end. From the beginning of scriptures, God has been a pursuing and ascending God. And I want you just to see with me, this with me as we just journey quickly through a few choice scriptures. Genesis chapter 12, God calls a man named Abram. He tells him to leave everything he knows, his family, his farmland, and everything, to take his belongings 
and to go to a land that he will show him. Uh, Abraham doesn't even know where he's going. Later, his name is changed to Abraham. Um, and God has a way of reaching into our lives and changing us. And, and, and symbolically, he changed many names of people in the Bible. But, but God reaches into Abraham's life and says, I'm going to bless you. And that through your offspring, I will bless all nations. I will bless you so that you will be a blessing. And that has been God's hope that he would use us, broken, fallen vessels, to be instruments through which his hope and his blessing flows. And you're going to see some of that through, through what I'm going to share today in the book of uh, Jonah. Again, chapter 3, go and read this. Uh, the first part, God says, now I'm about to take you into the land. Now, between where they are now and where God is leading them, there's a, a, a raging river at flood stage, the Jordan River overflowing and the people are looking at this and they're going are you sure we're supposed to go this way wasn't there a bridge that we maybe passed and sometimes we will see the places where we believe God wants us to go and we will see the obstacles and we will see that which is in the way and we won't follow we'll become discouraged and some of us are discouraged right now and we we were been praying and hoping that that this land, this nation would come to God, and instead we're seeing it fall apart. We're seeing protests and riots, and we're seeing un, uh, acts of injustice. Where is God in the midst of all of this? Where is the promise that that uh, of his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven? Where is it? Sometimes when we're on the ground and we're not up above, we can't always see things the way God does. And, and, and as the Israelites saw the Jordan River in front of them at flood stage, they, they, they questioned are you sure this is the right way to go? And so uh, God encourages Jonah. He says, here's what I want you to do. Uh, when you see the Ark of the Covenant and the priest carrying it, you see in the Old Testament, God's presence was symbolized in this, in this Ark that God had them build. Uh, this Ark kept inside of it some very special holy things. And as they raised up the Ark and they moved, the people were told, as you see it move, follow it but don't get ahead of it stay behind it because you've not been this way before you see the encouragement there is that God is moving ahead of us he's always moving ahead of us he's he's in our tomorrow he's in our next day he's in our next year God is always ahead of us we've not been this way before but God is already there and we, if we keep our eyes on him and we trust him and we move as he moves that's the instruction that came as you see the Ark of the Covenant move, get up and follow, but stay back from it. Don't, don't, don't rush ahead of it. And as the Israelites and the priests were carrying the Ark, as soon as they got to that obstacle, as soon as they got to that situation that was between them and what God had for them, the scripture said that as soon as they took, stepped foot into the, into the ocean, uh, the, the, the river, the waters parted. And many times God is just, he's calling us, not necessarily to look for an open door. I know I hear that phrase a lot of times, God, we just pray that you'd open a door. And yes, sometimes open doors are great, but sometimes God calls us to bust through walls. Sometimes God calls us to walk through raging rivers. And in this case, he asked them to just go forward, to trust him. They had heard about this happening for their forefathers 40 years earlier, um, 
I'm crossing through the Red Sea, God parting the waters, and here we see God show up and do the same thing again. As they set foot and stepped into the waters, the waters parted. You see, sometimes God will call us into a difficult situation. He will sometimes call us to step into the midst of what seems like a storm so that we can see him in the middle of it. As they set foot and put their foot in the middle of this this raging river, the water stopped and the people began to cross. Now God told them, on your way across, I want you to not forget this moment. I, I want you to not forget what I'm doing for you. So pick up stones from the dry riverbed that you're walking over now where you just saw those raging waters flowing. Pick up those stones and carry them with you. And when you get to the other side, stack them up. As a memorial, and as you walk by, and as your children walk by, and they say, hey, what's that pile of stones for? Tell them what I, your God, have done for you, what I did for you. Let us not forget the way that God has been with us in the past. He will be with us now in our present. As he was with the people in the midst of the storms, he is here with us now. And there is evidence of it. There are beautiful things happening and it's being told not through uh, the mouths of preachers and evangelists. Our own news is seeing these acts of God healing our land in the midst of darkness. But I'm just giving you a taste of what's to come because there's so much more that I need to share with you. So then you fast forward to the New Testament. And God sees his people as sheep without a shepherd. And you know what God does? He becomes one of us. I love the way the message says it, that, that God moved into our neighborhood. He did. He took on flesh. He came, he came down. Uh, the Bible says that, that Jesus, God in flesh, God with us, Emmanuel, Jesus became one of us. He stepped down into our world and he came to show his love for us. Being born with one purpose ultimately to die in our place because you know what? We're broken because we're sinful. There is sin in our land and we cannot make our way to the Father on our own. So the Father came to take care of the payment himself. God became flesh in the form of Jesus. He lived on this earth for 33 years. While here, before he died, he was preparing his army, the church, his children, calling them unto himself. Again, picking the least likely to be chosen. Some washed up fishermen, some uh, traitorous tax collectors. And he said, I'm choosing you. He didn't go to the synagogue and say, I want the holiest of the holy. I want whoever passed the last uh, uh, religious exam with the highest score. Jesus went to those who were washed up and rejected. And he said, come. I will make you fishers of men. He chose his 12, and he didn't just choose 12. There were hundreds of, of followers of Jesus during his time here. And, and the book of Luke, he sends them out. I just want to read this couple passages for you. First of all, uh, actually in the book of Matthew, I want to start there. In the book of Matthew, he says this. He's, he's been spending some time with these 12. He's called to himself, and um, he is preparing them to to go out and to continue uh, the work that he's started. Because there's a time coming when Jesus is going to leave. Not leave us alone, because he promised to never truly leave us. 
he, he promised to leave um, the Holy Spirit behind. And look at these words. As, you, as I'm sending you out, I want you to be prepared that I will always be with you, he said. And in Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, uh, he says this. Behold, I'm sending you out as sheep. Now, sheep aren't very smart. They need a shepherd. They will walk right off the edge of a cliff if they're not being intended to. There can be a green patch of grass 50 feet away, and they will eat all the grass in one spot and starve to death if they're not led to the grass. And so he calls us sheep as an endearing term, but also a way to wake us up and realize that we cannot live life on our own. We need our shepherd. And, and then he tells us he's sending us out as sheep among what? Among wolves. And what do wolves do to sheep? Mm, they eat them. They love them. Behold, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents. You know, a, a snake slithers around. It's Man, I, there was a snake in my garage a couple years ago. And I saw him slithering out. And I was about to go take care of him. And a, I mean, uh, that much time passed. And the snake was gone. I couldn't find him. I don't know where he went. To be as wise as serpents. To, to be able to dip in and out. To be able to know and listen to the culture. To be able to let the Holy Spirit lead us. I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. But be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Don't go out seeking vengeance. Don't go out with anger and bitterness as our motivation. But to go out and with peace. Dove is a symbol of peace. Seeking peace in the midst of injustice. Be wise as serpents, but innocent as doves. Beware of men, for they will deliver you over to the courts, and they will flog you in the synagogues. You will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake. There are many people around the world who suffer for the name of Jesus. Jesus is telling us that there, is, there are times and seasons. Uh, yes, we're enjoying freedom of religion, but that isn't promised to us uh, to last forever. I pray it will. And I pray that, that the more governments will fall in Jesus' name and, and become open to, to Jesus' reign. But Jesus promised there would be sufferings. He said, you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them. And the Gentiles. Gentiles is a word for those who do not yet believe in who God is. When they deliver you over, do not be anxious. Here's the key part of what I want you to see. When they deliver you over, do not be anxious for what you are to speak or what you are to say. For what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. For it is not you who will be speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. You see, as Jesus is sending us out, he's not sending us alone. He's sending us with a helper. In the book of John, I'm going to turn there real quick before I go to Luke. In the book of John, Jesus said this, Truly I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I do, and even greater works. I'm about to tell you some great works that, that the followers of Jesus are doing. Uh, God promised to give us power and the ability to do miracles in his name to see strongholds fall to see hearts and eyes opened to who he is 
Truly I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I do, and greater works than these will you do, because I am going to the Father. And whatever you ask in my name, I will do according to my will. We can't just go say, hey, in Jesus' name, I want a Ferrari and expect it. But if we do something in the will of God, in his name, in his purpose, he is there to honor it. If you ask me anything in my name, according to my will, I will do it. If you love me, you'll keep my commands. What are his commands? Go into all the world, preaching the gospel. Don't be afraid of the storm. Don't be afraid of the raging rivers. Go where I'm calling you. If you love me, you'll obey my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. Yet, but as we are sent in the power of the Holy Spirit, eyes will be opened and the Spirit will be received. You know him, for he dwells in you, and he will be in you. Then look at this, verse 25, John chapter 14. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. Um, and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you, not as the world gives, but do I give let not your hearts be troubled. Let them not be afraid. So he tells them in Luke, in uh, Matthew, he sends out the 12. In Luke, he sends out uh, even up more followers. This is Luke chapter 10. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others. And he sent them ahead of them, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. Jesus will often send us where he is about to move. You're going to see that with Minneapolis in a minute. I'm so excited to share this story with you. He sent them out where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful. You know, our God is in charge of the harvest. He, it is he who determines whose hearts will come to him. But he calls workers for the harvest. Uh, when we go out and share our faith, it is not our job to convince people to put their faith in Jesus. That is the job of the Holy Spirit, and only God and His Holy Spirit can do this. But at the same time, He calls us as workers. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers, the laborers, are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into His harvest. And so what I've been doing is I've been praying, God, show us uh, the harvest right now. There are so many souls crying out in, in, in hurt and anger and suffering, looking for peace. And you are the answer to peace. No, Jesus, no peace. We need to know Jesus so we can know peace. And, and we need to pray that you and I, those of us who know and been transformed, by the love and the power and the presence of Jesus, that we would do what you're going to hear stories about in just a minute, that we would be sent in his name and that we would go. Go your way, he says. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Uh, he goes on to tell him, don't worry about your provisions. I'll give you everything you need. You don't need to take anything with you. But again, go in your going. 
The Great Commission we talked about last week. Uh, actually, I talked about that with the interns, not you all. Uh, go into all the world. Our God is a sending God. Our God is a going God. Our God is not a God who said, I'm going to come and build a temple and draw everybody. They got to come to me. God never told us to build a building and call it the church and expect people to come to it. God's mission has always been on the offensive, on, uh, and sometimes it is offensive, uh, oftentimes, because people don't want to hear that Jesus is the only way, but he is the only way. He's the only way to peace. He's the only way to justice. He's the only way to truth. He is the only light, and our world needs to know him, and we have to be on the going for the world to know him. Jesus said this, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not stand against it. You know what that means? If hell has gates, it is setting up boundaries. It is setting up places. And in order for the church to be effective, what do we have to do? We're not hiding behind gates. We are crushing and pressing against the gates that are being set up by the principles of the dark age. We are here not fighting against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and against an evil enemy by the name of Satan and his minions and his demons. Ah, let's keep going. There's so much more I've got to say. And then in Acts, uh, we are reminded that we, uh, were, um, that we were born at this time and season. Acts chapter uh, I don't want to lose John chapter 17. Let me put my place marker there. Acts 17. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on the face of earth, determining their allotted periods of time and the boundaries of their dwelling places. God decided this is the time that you and I should live. God decided that, that this was our time to shine. And so are we going to just sit behind are we just going to hide in our houses and wait till it, the, 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 the restrictions are lifted? Or are we going to do something safely and, and, and in accordance with our guidelines to make a difference, to feed the hungry, to care for those who need to be cared for, to be by the, the bedside, uh, risk getting sick, to do so, and, and, and to bring the hope and the love of Jesus. Jesus told us that we were placed in this time and place determining our boundaries and the time we would live, that we would seek God and perhaps find our way to God because he is not far from any one of us. In John chapter 17, Jesus' high priestly prayer before he breathes his last breath, he says this, this is, John 17 is the prayer of Jesus. I do not ask only for the disciples. He just prayed for the disciples. But I also pray for those who will believe in me through their word. That is those who they, the disciples led to Jesus who, and those who led others to Jesus and eventually even us. Jesus' prayer for us is that we would be united and that through us other people would come to see Jesus and to know him. That they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you. That they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. And so, quickly, I know our, our time is running short. I want to share with you the way that this is happening. You see, God has been up 
to the same mission from the beginning. God many times allowed the people of God to be captive and carried into a foreign land because the people were lazy and they wouldn't go to the foreign land to be the missionaries God called them to be. And so while in a foreign land, God said, don't cry to me about going home. Instead, live here and be the people I've called you to be. Plant gardens here. Build houses here. Raise up your families. Love the people who are now around you, who I've put around you. Love them. Pray for them. Bless them. And their blessing and their prosperity, you will find your blessing and your prosperity. God has put us right here. He's put us here in Prince William County. He's put us here in our neighborhoods. He's put us in the, the, the soccer teams we're a part of. He's put us in the neighborhoods we're a part of and the places where you work so that you will see yourselves not as doctors and lawyers and teachers and athletes, but as missionaries cleverly disguised in whatever it is you think you're doing. We are first called to be ambassadors, ambassadors of hope, yeah, you might live uh, in Ashland or in Dumfries or in Dale City. That is your Jerusalem. That is your land where God has planted you for this time. To be a vessel of hope. To be a, a, a hope dealer. To be a light shiner. To be a love bringer. And so let us do it. I want to share with you some amazing stories of how God is using his church at this time. This first news story comes from CNN. CNN of all places. Please don't read into that. But it's, CNN is not one that is normally known for trying to make Jesus famous. So the man named Denny, he's in the hospital. He's, he's losing hope. He is dying from COVID-19. It's gotten so bad that he's to a place where he is in constant pain and a chaplain. Um, you know, I know this personally because last week I was in the hospital as Mike McCarter passed away. And, and I had to go through very strict guidelines and uh, just to, to be able to be outside of the glass door where his, his room was. And, and, and chaplains that are there to be, and I'm a chaplain with the fire department and spent a lot of time in the hospitals as well. Our job is to be there oftentimes at the bedside, uh, bringing comfort and bringing hope. But because of the restrictions, chaplains uh, basically have to just stand outside glass windows and we're, we're equipped with iPads. And so this one particular chaplain is in this hospital uh, in Florida, where this man, uh, Denny, is dying. It's to the point where they believe it's gone too far, and he's calling to his family. The chaplain's holding the, the iPad so they can FaceTime in to say goodbye to their dad, goodbye to their husband. This man had a family, and he, he believes he's only got hours, if, if, maybe days, left to live. And so, we have this chaplain here, understanding these restrictions. She has got her hands tied. It's, it, it, there's only so much she can do, but she wants to bring hope. She knows her mission is to bring hope. Everything we've just been talking about. And so she comes up with this idea to train those around her who have the access and the ability to get inside the room as chaplains 
uh, and, and many personnel, if you're not an immediately ca immediate caregiver, you are not going in that room except for a few special people. The custodial, housekeeping, and janitorial staff. They have been trained. They wear all the right protective garments. They go in a couple times a day. They clean the room. They change uh, change uh, bedding at times they help with. They, they, they wipe things down. Um, they serve food. Um, these, these, these cleaning housekeepers and the, the food staff, the, the, custodi um, the custodians, the chaplain met with them and trained them to be vessels of hope. The chaplain comes in and trains up an army to bring hope of Jesus into the rooms where others cannot go. And so the story goes on that Danny lie there in pain, uh, feeling without hope. And every morning, this, this housekeeper uh, by the name of Quinteros, and please forgive me if I'm pronouncing her name wrong, she would come in each morning to change the trash, to wipe things down. And being trained by the chaplain, she would come in and she would share just a few words of hope. While others were saying goodbye, she came in and shared words of hope saying, <coughs> I don't believe it's your time. You, you've got to get through this. You're going to get through this. And every day, every couple hours, she would come in and wipe things down with a smile on her face. You know, you can see a smile in, in someone's eyes. I'm getting all choked up just thinking about this story. And she would come in and she would bring the message of hope. She, he, he, the, the, the man said uh, that she would come in and I looked forward to those moments when she would just come in and she would, we, we talked first about the weather and then eventually our talks became about our family and then our talks became about hope. And she said, you know what, I believe that your family still needs you. And I believe that Jesus still has a plan for you. And she shared with him the hope of Jesus. She shared with him. And he went on to say that it was in those moments that, I, that something changed in me. And I felt my health getting better. And I truly believe. And long story short, this man, he got out. He got out, he, he became well, he recovered, and, and he wrote the hospital back saying, I've got to reach out to this woman. She, I need her to understand that it's because of the hope that she brings that I now live. She saved my life. She helped me find my faith. She helped me cling to Jesus, and I am alive now because of her and the hope that she shared with me. This, uh, this story is so beautiful in so many ways. How like Jesus to choose the lowly, lowliness and the lowliest of, of our life to bring his light. The chaplain couldn't go in, and yet this caretaker, if you read the article, it talks about how just months earlier she had moved to the United States. She was working in hotels, cleaning rooms, and she got this job in the hospital right before COVID hit. And now she is an instrument in the army of God bringing light to a man about ready to breathe, breathe his own death. Hope. She brought hope. And that is the beautiful message here. And how unlike CNN to make much of Jesus, they printed this article. They talked about, I mean, they could have said anything about this, but they quoted this, this lady, this housekeeper, telling this man 
that Jesus had a plan for his life. And, and, and I just love that CNN is the mouthpiece declaring that message and how encouraging to us that the message of salvation, this man hearing about hope in Jesus restored to him newness and life and brought true healing. How encouraging to us that the message of salvation is still enough to bring hope and healing to our nation. Amen? Please say amen with me. Type amen in the comments. This is what it's about. Jesus said he would send us into this world uh, and, and that we would preach good news to the hurting. We would visit the sick and the dying and that we would visit those in prison and we would bring a message of hope. That's what this is all about. And then one more story before I let you go. First of all, uh, we're going to show this picture. Uh, I hope I hope you can see it. I think we'll connect to it. But this picture is a baptism. And this baptism is happening, you know where? On the corner where George Floyd was murdered. Check this out. Baptism's happening right now in Minneapolis, right in the corner where George Floyd was was killed. Let me read you another post from one of the individuals that was there. We built a stage and have been sharing the love of God at the death site of George Floyd since Saturday. It's the epicenter of so much pain and hatred and now it's turning into a place of healing and hope. People are weeping and giving their life to God. Right at the site of murder, life. We have seen people healed, baptized, and many set free. And the pictures, again, and this is on Facebook. Uh, Fox ran with this and did an article uh, about this. Um, people are coming to Jesus. People are, are seeing that there is hope and healing in him. And I hope that you're seeing it. God is on the move. When God said, when you see me move, follow. We are to see God move. He is moving. He is moving in the cities where, where protests are happening. He is moving on the corner where murder and death took place. And, and he is moving and he is calling us to be his instruments, to be his vessels. Will you help me do this? Will you help me bring this light to share this hope, to, to pour out his love? There is a dying, suffering world looking for hope, looking for answers. And we have the answer. His name is Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for your love. I thank you for the things that you are doing in the midst of darkness. The way you are shining, the way that you are loving, the way that you are caring. I pray that you help us to see how it is that you can use us. Help us to use that acronym, uh, BLESS that we would learn to truly begin every day in prayer, every hour in prayer, every situation in prayer, asking you, Jesus, to open our eyes to see things the way that you see them. Uh, help us to then listen. Listen to your Holy Spirit. Listen to where you're leading. Listen to the cries of our neighbors. Listening to those who are hopeless. Help us to listen and have ears to hear. E, uh, eat. And, and, and when we can't eat, Help us to simply engage, to find ways of spending time with those around us and, and, and continuing to draw close, earning the right to then serve. S, we serve them, meeting their needs, feeding the hungry, 
clothing the naked, visiting those who are in sick or in prison. Help us to serve. So then we can do the last S, share. Share the reason we have hope. Share about you, Jesus, that comes to bring forgiveness and life and salvation. And if you're listening right now and you don't know Jesus in that way, pray this prayer right now. Jesus, come into my life. Help me to receive you. Forgive me for the things that I've done that are wrong. Help me to stop living life my own way. I want to follow you. Come into my life. Be the light of my life. Be the peace in my life. I need you, Jesus. Come into me. The Bible says that as soon as you put your hearts open him and call out to him as Lord, he will save you. And those of you, brothers and sisters in Christ, close in prayer with me. Lord Jesus, show us our next step. Show us how to love our neighbor. Show us how to love those you've placed around us. Be with us now so that we can be your light. In your name I pray. Amen. Now let's go out there and be the hope dealers that God has called us to be. I love you. Let's do it.